Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus said lots of words of life. Remember to Nicodemus? Here's words of life to Nicodemus. Nick, you must be born again. That's words of life. No choice. If you believe, if you're born again, if you confess, you'll be right with God. Peter on the day of Pentecost, he got it right. 3,000 people listened to his words. What was his words about? There's only one way to God. And that's Jesus Christ, the one you just crucified. Jesus was good at going to where the people were, creatively meeting their needs and inviting them to follow him. It came natural to him because he understood and embraced his father's vision. Christ had a burden for the lost, and today, Pastor Mark teaches that where there's a burden, there's a vision. He explains that a vision is a picture of the future that produces passion now. And in terms of eternal life, it's God's dream placed on the believer's heart. God will provide practical ways you can share with the lost. Just be obedient and willing to follow His Son's lead. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of James chapter 3 with his continuing study entitled, There's Life in Our Words. That vision is given to the pastor, to the spiritual leaders, and you and I carry the vision out. Not not the pastor didn't carry the vision out. You and I do that. Now, let me give you some examples of vision. I'll have you one. Let's write this first one down. Vision. You can write this one down. It's really good. A picture of the future that gives me passion right now. It's a picture of what God's going to say to us, and it puts a stirring in my heart. It it wakes me up spiritually right now. It it gives me passion right now. Let me read you a couple others. You don't need to write them down, but I love them. Vision. An informed bridge from now to the future. Vision. Seeing the invisible and making it visible. Oh, that's good. Seeing the invisible... There's faith. We we walk by faith and making it visible. Now, all through the Bible, God spoke words of vision to all kinds of different people, leaders and sometimes just a, a farmer boy or Gideon. I mean, no leader at all, but he spoke vision to them. Here in the Old Testament, we don't have time tonight because it's a great, the, the book of Habakkuk is an amazing book. But let me just show you how it kind of fits. In Habakkuk 1.1, here's what the verse says. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. So what is that about? Habakkuk lived in, we don't know exactly when he lived in this, but he looked at the nation. It was full of violence. 
injustice, spiritual deterioration. It, it was all around him. And he'd been praying to God, God, are you going to do something about this? I mean, our country is lawless. There, there's no true judges. Nothing's happening, right? Shall I go on? And does it sound like where we're living today? And what he's saying is, he says, it's, it's a burden to me. Now, I want you to understand that word burden. It hurts me. I don't like our nation the way it is. This is what Habakkuk's saying. It's a burden to me. So in Habakkuk 1.1, we see the burden. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. It's a burden that he experienced in his heart. Now, when you get to chapter 2, verse 2, we see the answer to the burden. Look at this. And the Lord replied, here comes the vision. God says, you've been praying to me. I'm going to show you my solution. Actually, in this case, the solution is going to be far off. But watch what he says. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, the vision, the words I'm going to give you, the solution. Make it plain on tablets. See, the iPad was there long ago. We just didn't know it. It's amazing, isn't it? Apple thought they were Steve Jobs. He had nothing. All right. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Watch this. So the herald might run with it. How do you update that today? Very simple. God says, I'm going to give you, Habakkuk, the answer. I want you to write it down, give the vision to the people, and they carry it out. They share it with the world. This is what God's going to do. Now, the last thing I want you to write down is on the bottom. A burden often gives birth to vision. See, there has to be a burden. God help. Okay, I will. I'm going to speak to you. Here's the solution. Now watch out as we go through this tonight. God began to speak to my heart. And he just began, you know, even with a prophecy way back that he was going to do new things. And I don't even know what that means. But actually this vision related, and it always has to for a church, to lost people. If we don't have a burden for lost people, you're never going to get the solution from God. The solution's there, but we're not interested in it because we're off doing our own thing. A vision is God's dream that he puts in our hearts that's bigger than us. That's God speaking to us. You think we can accomplish it? Not a chance. It's a vision that's bigger than us, and when accomplished through God's strengths, makes God look good by changing the lives of people. That's why we're here. In case you don't know, it's not us four no more. We're here to change the world for Jesus Christ. So get yourself ready. Now, here we go. Ephesians 3.20, you know that verse, you see it there. I mean, God's able to do more than you and I can even think. You're familiar with that. It's going to produce this passion in us. That's what God wants. It's a picture of our future that produces passion. Now, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Now, all of this comes out of James chapter 3, where he talks about our words, words of life, words of death. In Matthew 9, 35, Jesus always went where people were. Remember, God, people, use of our time. Now, look at verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus went teaching truth in the churches, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, and touching lives everywhere. Could I hear an amen? amen. 
He's been doing it for 22 years. He's been doing it for thousands of years all over the world. Don't think we've arrived. It's time to wake up. Lost people matter to God. When I can see a Muslim nation is 50% Christian, we're not even close. Shame on us. You know why we're not close? I'll challenge you. The burden is not there. The burden for lost people is not there. God wants to change that. We'll look at verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was always in the marketplace around lost people. He knew that being around them was not enough. They needed to be touched. They needed to be taught. They needed to understand the word of God. And he preached to them and supernaturally healed them. So this is the fourth of our words, how they connect us. They connect us with God. God connects us with him. They connect us with believers, other people. Here's the fourth and write it down. Our words also connect us with people, but this time unbelievers. See, we weren't put here just to interact with believers as Jesus shows us. Now, notice what Jesus was doing in verse 35 and 36. Notice what he's doing. He's casting vision for his disciples. He's casting vision. And do you notice in verse 35, excuse me, verse 36, what is, what is verse 36? Verse 36 is the burden. Do you see it? Lost people. They don't know how to do it. That's the burden. From that comes a vision. He's casting it. He's burdened for the lost, helpless people. He's burdened for these people because he knows where they're heading. A Christless hell. So he's casting vision for his disciples to see and feel. Because, see, he's casting the vision, but his disciples will carry it out. I'm casting the vision from God tonight renewed to us, but all of us are to carry it out. Not just some of us, not just the pastors, impossible to get done. Now, the lost people, what were they waiting for? Words of life. Words of life. Nobody had spoken to them words of life. They're clueless. Now, look at, you'll see this vision casting from Jesus, words for his disciples. So watch the words he gives his disciples. Verse 37. Then he said, these are words, to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. There's lots of lost people, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Not a Calvary Chapel's harvest field. It's not First Baptist, Presbyterian. It's his harvest field. We're all just working together. We're servants for him. Now, he probably shocked his disciples saying the harvest was plentiful. There's lots of religious people, but they're clueless. Even the people that are coming, and I don't even know who they are, but I guarantee you if they're a percentage of way America is, they're lost. Most of them are clueless. They, don't, they think they're going to heaven because they're good people. They don't open the Bible. They never study the Bible. That isn't bad. We were all there at one time. They just need to hear words 
of life. So the problem was there were not enough workers to go. So Jesus says, pray for more people to speak words of life. That's what God is saying to you tonight. So I want you in your own private time in the mornings, I want you just to, just to write however you want to write it. God, how can I help reach the lost? I want you to begin praying starting tomorrow morning. And I don't want you to take it off of you. Remember, we're doing the book of James. We're praying for lost loved ones. James 1.1. 1, 1. So you begin praying. Everything starts with prayer. You know why? Where's the burden? Prayer. When we see the lost, we're burdened for them. We're burdened for them. So I want you to just begin doing that every morning. If every day we're coming to God and saying, God, we're going, we're praying. We want to be those workers that do it. So I want you to write this down. Let me explain how that's all going to work. Next thing. Jesus gives the vision. I don't give the vision. This isn't my role. Habakkuk didn't give the vision. He just prayed for God's solution. And God said, all right, now write it down. I'm giving you the vision. No man gets that vision. It's from God, always. Jesus gives the vision. Then Christ's followers carry it out by doing two things. Going. You have to go where the lost people are. You'll see it. And speaking. What? Words of life. See, the tongue is powerful. Out of our mouth comes words of life. The words of death. Well, Pastor, I'm not going to those people. They're lost people, and they're this and that lifestyle over here and whatever. That's words of death. Words of life. John 7, 37. Out of your innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Words of life for the lost. Now, all I need to do right now is to begin praying. We're looking for creative ways God's opening these doors of opportunity. We're praying. How can we be creative? We're not trying to bombard them. We're just trying to befriend them and help them. Well, here's a new person coming into our neighborhood. Man, let's, let's bake a cake and take it over to them and just invite them to church and, and just be real. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Who's going to give you that creativity? God's going to give you that creativity. Say, so, well, I'll just wait for them to make the move. Thank you. They're not going to make the move. You are the ones that have words of life. So we're not bombarding people. Jesus went where the people were. He had a burden for them. He spoke words of life to them. Now turn with me to John 6, 63. Look what Jesus says. The Spirit gives life. That's why you have to pray. God will have creative ways. It'll be the Spirit guiding us. If you're a follower of Christ, you're led by the Spirit. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, Jesus says, are spirit in their life. Now look down at verse 68. This is an amazing principle. Make sure you get it. Between those verses, Jesus had some hard teaching. In between verse 63 and 68, it says almost all his followers walked away. They left. This was too hard a teaching, and I ain't following Jesus no more. And Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, you going to walk away too? And look at Peter's response. Now, we make a lot of fun of Peter, but he gets it right quite a few times. Look at his words. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord To whom shall we go? You alone have the words 
of eternal life. See, the words that Jesus was speaking were not just words, but they're words that were filled with the Spirit of God, which produced life. Now, what was Peter trying to say? He would see this later. I want you to write this down. Peter got it. We have to get it. If a person believes Jesus' words, they will have life, eternal life. But they have to know what those words are to believe. That's where you and I come in. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Now, how did that work? Jesus said lots of words of life. Remember to Nicodemus? Here's words of life to Nicodemus. Nick, you must be born again. That's words of life. No choice. If you believe, if you're born again, if you confess, you'll be right with God. Peter on the day of Pentecost, he got it right. 3,000 people listened to his words. What was his words about? There's only one way to God, and that's Jesus Christ, the one you just crucified. 3,000 people got it. They got eternal life. Philip, in a big revival, God leads him to Gaza, desert. One man, one man, one man. Don't, I, that's why I got thousands of people. I can't, can't be found. One man, one woman. He shared with them the gospel about Jesus. God. Words of life. What happened? Ethiopian got saved, got baptized, went back to Ethiopia. Still to this day, hundreds of thousands of Christians in Ethiopia. Why? Philip was burdened and obeyed the Spirit and spoke words of life. That's who you and I are. We're the workers, all of us together. Now, remember again, and be very sensitive with this, you would never walk to a person and go, well, I'm sure you probably don't know anything about the Bible. That's, that's, that's crass. That's horrible. Because you don't know what they know. But as they see your life, remember, our words and our life have to match. So if you have a burden for lost people, then your words are going to be sweet. They're going to be led by the Spirit. They're going to be words of life. By the way, the only people in our communities that have words of life are Christians. The rest of the community doesn't have words of life because they don't have the life. He who has a son has life. He who doesn't have a son doesn't have life. So you and I are the only words, we are the, we're the only people that have words of life. And it's because God has made us born again. We're filled with life. Listen to Helen Keller. Because I know some of you are like, I'm not sure this vision stuff. Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's already given his vision to us. Listen to Helen Keller, blind Helen Keller. It's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. That is powerful. It's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. See, Helen Keller had vision. She had no sight, but she had vision. You have sight. You should have vision. Well, the next thing we see Jesus before he goes back, he casts the vision again. He does it in Matthew 28. He does it here in Mark 16. Take a look. You know this. Speaking to his disciples at the end. And he told them, say it with me, everybody. Go. Come on, let's say it again. Go. Now, where does it mean go? Go to the communities, go to the people, people at work, people in the restaurants, people driving, new to the stores, wherever. God, pray, pray. God will open doors. 
He wants them saved way more than you do. And it's not just about this church, I told you. It's about all of our churches and the communities. We're family here. Now, he said, go into all the world, preach the good news to who? Everyone. So how do we do that? Well, we do it with our words. We do it with our good works. We do it with illustrations. I mean, our team going out west are doing it with shoes for the kids. But that's going to open up. Many of our mission trips now are medical. What do we do the medical? Well, we want to touch them, as Jesus did. But while you're touching them and healing them, guess what? They're open to words of life. So understand, go with me last to Romans chapter 10, if you will. I got two more things to go through quickly. You know this passage, but it's pretty powerful for all of us, just to be reminded. Paul writes it, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that's a promise that's amazing. Not 80%, not 92%, everyone. Now watch the flow. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? That's what I'm trying to say to you. And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard. And how can they hear without someone preaching, without someone giving them words of life? And how can they preach unless they are sent, unless they have a burden and are willing to go and speak words of life? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So our feet are going to take us to new employees and businesses, to schools where the kids are, to universities. They're going to take us to new neighborhoods, down the street, new homes. As God begins to do this, people move in and out, new jobs, all these kind of things. God's going to get our feet there. His message, this passage makes it clear. His vision is the whole world. By the way, we've been doing this. We have hundreds and hundreds of people get saved every year. Thousands, actually. So this isn't new for us. But he's opening the door and sending many more new. And so we have to be ready. They're searching for purpose and meaning. They don't know that God has the, is the only one that has purpose for them. So we're here to share that with them. So I want you to write this down, and then I'll, I'm going to unpack this next little passage. Here we go. We go to where the unbelievers are and then speak Jesus' words of life. Some of you like to put... Facebook and all that stuff and Twitter and all that stuff. Get it out there. And so we go to where the unbelievers are. So now, and let me give you an illustration. I don't need you to turn there, but you can just write this down. You can look it up later. Luke 14. It's an amazing parable from Jesus. And it's a parable of the great feast. And he uses this great feast to illustrate the importance of accepting his invitation to the feast. Pastor Mark just pointed out that if a person believes Jesus' words, they will have eternal life. But he also made note that in order to do that, they first have to hear them. Friend, if you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you must share His vision for the lost. Ask God what you can do as you remember what Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Go and preach the good news. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time with Pastor Mark, we'll learn that God loved the world so much that He sacrificed His only Son so that we could have eternal life. This isn't just an invitation to an exclusive group of people. It's for the entire world. Lost people matter to God, and they should matter to you and to me. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark shares creative ways believers can practically partner with God to reach those who desperately need to hear His life-giving words. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world A new hope he is 